On today's episode, the Chicago Blackhawks are now past the 2023 NHL trade deadline, and I'll be going over a couple key storylines to keep an eye out for the rest of the season. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Today is Monday, March 6th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman 2, or you can also go and check out my strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And real quick, if you're listening to the audio version of today's episode and you like what you're hearing, please do me a huge favor. Go and show some support. First, by following the podcast, make sure to be downloading all of the latest episodes. And you're also going to want to either go and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify as well, as I'll touch on later in the episode. You're going to need to do that if you want to have a chance at winning the two free tickets that I'm giving away to the Blackhawks Stars game later on this month. And a little secret here, you're also going to have to be subscribed to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube to have a chance to win those two free tickets as well. So make sure to go do all of that. It really does help me out tremendously. I'd greatly appreciate it. While you're checking out the YouTube channel, make sure to smash the like button down below on today's video. Comment as to how you feel about the Blackhawks post trade deadline. And last but certainly not least, go and ring the bell, turn on those push notifications so that you can get notified when the episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. All right. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you all again for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. We are now officially past the 2023 NHL trade deadline. For those of you who haven't checked out my last episode, I broke down every single move that the Blackhawks made leading up to the deadline, including obviously the Patrick Kane trade, Jake McCabe and Sam Lafferty getting packaged together to the Toronto Maple Leafs, and Max Domi getting sent to the Dallas Stars as well. So if you want some more info on that, make sure to go and check out the last episode that I dropped on Friday afternoon. And while you're there, if you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button because it really does help me out more than all of you know. But getting on into today's episode, the Chicago Blackhawks, uh, really since they have made all of their big moves, Max Domi was the last domino to fall, of course. Uh, But we've seen the Blackhawks tank get right back on track after they won, what was it? Five games in a row, they beat yeah, Ottawa, Toronto at the end of their Canadian road trip in late February, went on to beat Vegas, Dallas, and San Jose. Since then, since the Blackhawks have made some moves, their tank is right back on track. They've lost four games in a row, including a couple of big ones for the Tankathon standings, which I'll be getting into here in just a second, losing to both the Anaheim Ducks and the Arizona Coyotes, two teams uh, that are right there in the thick of it with the Blackhawks at this moment. And then the Hawks most recently lost to the Dallas Stars and the Nashville Predators over the weekend. Four consecutive losses for the Blackhawks have them sitting in a pretty good position. They've also been outscored 16-6 to during that stretch. And I'm sure if you're watching this video by now, you've seen the title of today's episode. I'm going to be taking a look at the updated NHL Tankathon standings as the Blackhawks 
have just 20 games left in the regular season. Also talk about some key storylines to keep an eye out for the rest of the way. I know the name of the game for the Blackhawks now, most certainly when you look at their lineup after the moves they made at the deadline, they're going to be trying to lose as many games as possible. This is kind of uh, at least what I've expected. I talked about it on the show throughout the first half of the season, once the Blackhawks made the moves that we all thought they were going to make, uh, this roster is going to be really thin and it'll help them out, I think, tremendously uh, in terms of having the greatest percentage at landing Connor Bedard with the number one overall pick. But yes, the Blackhawks are down to their final 20 games of the season, folks. So let's take a look at the NHL Tankathon standings. So we're getting down to the final month of the season. At the moment, the Blackhawks currently sit in 31st, second to last in the entire NHL in both points and points percentage. Their little four-game losing skid has certainly helped them in that area. The only team they're still ahead of at this point, the Columbus Blue Jackets, who are doing a gosh darn good job of being bad. They've been in that 32nd slot for the last couple of weeks now, ever since uh, even prior to the NHL All-Star game. They currently sit at 20, 37, and 6 with 46 points through 63 games. One more game than the Blackhawks have played at this point, while the Hawks are 21, 36, and 5 with 47 points. As I already said, that has them second to last in the NHL at this point. The San Jose Sharks have been really turning on the Jets here the last couple of weeks, getting themselves into a much better position uh, for the Connor Bedard watch standings, the Tankathon standings, whatever you want to call it at this point. Bad for Bedard standings. I've heard it all throughout the course of the season. I'm sure I'll probably hear some more nicknames. Uh, but San Jose has really gotten themselves right back into the mix with a huge losing skid for them as of late. They've also played 63 games this year, same as Columbus, one more than the Blackhawks at this point. They're 18, 33, and 12. They have the fewest wins in the NHL, but they do have 12 overtime losses, which is the second most tied for the second most in the entire NHL. That's how they've gotten a lot of their points this year. But they now only have one point more than the Blackhawks with 48, and they have a 0.02 uh they have a better points percentage by just 0.02 percent the Blackhawks are at 0.379 Columbus is 0.365 the San Jose Sharks are 0.381 so they've really entered themselves back into the mix here with some poor play as of late which I'm sure Sharks fans are very happy about out there the Anaheim Ducks are currently sitting in fourth to last 63 games as well out of the team's in the bottom five here, and I think it is kind of turned into a five-horse race. Uh, they've all played 63 games. The Blackhawks have played 62. They'll be playing their 63rd tonight when they take on Alex DeBrinkett and the Ottawa Senators. Not really going to talk too much about this game because eh, they're all kind of going to be the same for the Blackhawks the rest of the way, but uh, would certainly help their case if they do pick up their fifth consecutive loss here tonight at the UC. The Ducks, though, 21, 34, and 8 with 50 points, three more than the Blackhawks at this point, a 397 points percentage. Then the Arizona Coyotes have been winning some games here as of late. They're at 52 points now, a 0.413 points percentage. In my opinion, folks, I think those are the five teams that are probably in the race for uh, at least having the best percentage 
of getting the number one overall pick in the 2023 NHL draft. One little reminder I want to make sure everyone knows out there, this is still all going to come down to a draft lottery at the end of the day. While, of course, you want to put yourself in the best position possible to get the number one overall pick, you're still going to need the ping pong balls and the hockey gods to be on your favor. So just one little reminder, but I do think it is these five teams who at least have the best chance at landing a the 25% chance of nabbing Connor Bedard. I think it's down to Columbus, Chicago, San Jose, Anaheim, and Arizona for finishing dead last in the standings this season. Vancouver, they got 55 points through 62 games. They do play the Blackhawks two more times here throughout the way, but unless something drastic happens, unless they literally lose like 18 of their final 20, I don't really see Vancouver entering the mix. I think they're just a little too far up in the standings at this point. So, Yeah, in my mind, folks, I think it's a five-horse race for getting that 25% chance at Connor Bedard at this point. The Blackhawks only have one game left against these bottom five teams. They have a matchup later on this month against the Arizona Coyotes. They've already uh, filled up the schedule in terms of games against Anaheim, San Jose, and Columbus. So only one bottom feeder matchup left on the season for the Blackhawks, but they'll certainly be trying to lose as much as possible here throughout the rest of the regular season. And that's where the Blackhawks are currently sitting, folks, in terms of the NHL tankathon standings, heading into tonight's matchup against Alex DeBrinkett and the Ottawa Senators at the United Center. All right, folks. There are the updated standings as the Blackhawks are down to their final 20 games of the NHL regular season. Coming up in just a moment, I'll talk about a couple of key storylines to keep an eye out for the rest of the way. But first, I need to talk to you all about Athletic Greens and their new AG1 product, which is something that I use every single morning because with just one scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and more to help you start your day. And this special blend of ingredients, folks, is truly incredible. It helps support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus, and even your aging. And Athletic Greens was first created when the founder themselves experienced a ton of gut issues and ended up on a very complicated supplement routine in order to recover. That used to cost them over $100 per day. But now Athletic Greens has created both an optimal and an affordable nutrition routine that will cost you just $3 per day, which is such a cheap and easy way to invest in both your health and your body. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give away a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D along with five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is go and visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health, to pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. That was terrible. All right. We're back here on the lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Going to take a quick sip of H2O. Before I get into segment two for those that are still watching today's episode or listening to today's episode, let me first say thank you very much for making the show your first listen here today. And I also wanted to remind you all that I'm going to be giving away two free tickets to the Blackhawks Stars game on the 28th of March. And all you have to do in order to qualify 
first, you got to leave me a review on either Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. And you're going to want to be sure to drop the name of your YouTube channel in that review. Because the second thing you need to do, you got to be subscribed to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. And that's how I'm going to check that you're subscribed is by you dropping the name of your YouTube channel in that review. Bonus points to those out there that give a five-star review. But you got to do both in order to qualify for those two free tickets. Got to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Leave the name of your YouTube channel in that review and make sure you're subscribed to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. You'll have a chance to win two free tickets to the Blackhawks Stars game at the United Center on the 28th of March. All right, getting back into the show now, folks. As I referenced in segment one, the Chicago Blackhawks are down to their final 20 games of the NHL regular season here tonight. And I know there's not a lot of folks intrigued about the Blackhawks actual games the rest of the way. They're more so just concerned with the Blackhawks coming out on the wrong end of the final outcome in order to enhance their chances of landing the number one overall pick. So I I understand why folks don't really care too much to watch the Blackhawks the rest of the way. It's not going to be good hockey. The fun moments are going to be few and far between. But for all you diehards out there that are still watching the show on a daily basis, still trying to keep up with the Chicago Blackhawks at this point, I wanted to go over a couple of storylines and a couple of things to keep an eye out for the rest of the season because there is still some purpose in the Blackhawks' final 20 games, even though the main one is just we're trying to lose as much as possible. So the first thing I wanted to talk about here, got a little list written down. Uh, One big storyline, obviously, Patrick Kane's gone. Jake McCabe, Sam Lafferty are out. Mags Domi, there's not a whole lot of intrigue left to this Blackhawks roster other than, you know, kind of top prospect Lucas Reichel, who I'll talk about here in just a second. But the one player the Blackhawks have left from their 2015 Stanley Cup roster is Jonathan Taves, while the expectation is, you know, he's not – probably going to be around after the season. And we know the Blackhawks ultimately did not end up moving him at the deadline because Taves just wasn't healthy enough to play. And it just didn't feel like he didn't feel like the timing was right. And he didn't want to uh, kind of mislead any other NHL club about acquiring him. So <clears throat> I, I guess the storyline to keep an eye out for is whether or not Jonathan Taves is going to play another game in a Blackhawks sweater. We actually just heard a report from Luke Richardson this morning when he was talking to the media, and he said the original plan would have been for Taves to be back on the ice by now, but apparently he's still not feeling like he's at that point, and he has just still been kind of in the gym making sure that he's in shape and doing everything off of the ice uh, in his power to try and get back before the end of the regular season. We did hear – Um, when that report first came out that the Blackhawks would not be moving Taves at the deadline, that it didn't seem like it was anything long-term like what he dealt with a couple of seasons ago. It was just uh, the autoimmune response syndrome, the post-COVID syndrome, still an umbrella blanket for no one really truly knows, although it's clear that Jonathan Taves isn't 100% himself, which is quite unfortunate, and I'm sure it has to be frustrating for him, particularly when he's had a pretty solid season, all things considered this year. I know it hasn't helped the Blackhawks be any good, but Jonathan Taves has certainly looked more so like himself of the past uh, than any other time so far in his return. But will Jonathan Taves come back for the Blackhawks this season? It sounds like, you know, the report that we heard, again, was that it wasn't anything serious, but he's still not on the ice at this point. The hope, though, for Luke Richardson 
he said is for Taves to get back on the ice here sometime soon. So fingers crossed on that front. Hopefully we haven't already seen Jonathan Taves play his last game in a Blackhawks sweater. Um, I think, you know, while people knew that Patrick Kane was probably going to be on the move and it was a full house when the Blackhawks took on, uh, was it Vegas? I believe it was when he, when the Blackhawks ended up winning in a shootout and ended up being his final home game. Um, People kind of knew, but with Taves, it would be cool to kind of give him a moment while he's still here with the Blackhawks to kind of recognize everything that he's done. So a big storyline of mine is will Jonathan Taves, the captain, come back and play for the Blackhawks this season, or is he already suited up his last game in a Blackhawks sweater? I'm sure we'll have more on that front coming from Coach Luke Richardson here in the next week or two. Another key storyline to keep an eye out for, Cole Gutman, number 70 for the Blackhawks. If you're not familiar with this kid already, uh, tune in. It's one of the few reasons why you should be watching the Blackhawks in these final 20 games because Cole Gutman has been excellent since making his NHL debut a couple of weeks ago. He's already scored his first three NHL goals. He's kind of improved on the fly at the faceoff dot. He's been in the second-line center role for the Blackhawks, and we just heard on Friday that the Blackhawks did not um, send Gutman down. They did not make the paper transaction in order for him to be eligible to play in the Calder Cup playoffs. And I think the reason for that is because Gutman's deserving of staying in the NHL through the remainder of this season. They kind of feel like he's already surpassed that level. And I think it's pretty clear cut that he's one of the most intriguing forward prospects that the the Blackhawks already have at the professional level right now. And, Um, I I think he's proved to everyone that he's worthy of staying in that second line center role the rest of the season. We'll see how he continues to play, but the Blackhawks haven't really had any intriguing forward prospects in quite some time. And after seeing what Cole Gutman was able to do in training camp um, after the Blackhawks signed him as a college free agent out of Denver, I was really impressed. I think a lot of folks were, and uh, I really only felt like it was a matter of time before he was going to get his chance up in the NHL. All he's done since he's gotten that opportunity is look excellent. So a big storyline to keep an eye out for the rest of the season is whether or not Cole Gutman can keep up his impressive play. I also think everyone should be keeping an eye on number 27, Lucas Reichel, because seemingly with each uh, stint that he's had, he's gotten more and more comfortable, more and more confident. And as a result, his play and his point production has just been better and better. He picked up a secondary assist on the lone Blackhawks goal in the game on Saturday night against the Dallas Stars. Lucas Reichel, uh, in his last stint, looked as good as he ever has. And he's continued to tear up the AHL. The Blackhawks did make him eligible for the Calder Cup playoffs. And I think they want him leading that charge, which is the correct decision. Give him valuable hockey experience at a young age down there. Um, But I do think that could be Lucas Reichel's last bit of AHL action. I think next year is the time to kind of let him off the leash and see what this kid can do at the NHL level. A big factor though, is going to be how he handles, uh, This stint that he gets, we'll see how long it ends up being. If it's, you know, through the remainder of the season or for five or 10 games or what, we'll see. But um, I think if Lucas Reichel performs really well in this NHL stint, yeah, that's the AHL playoffs will probably be his last bit of action at the minor league level. And then I also think, you know, there there are some battles out there um, for future spots to keep an eye on. The Blackhawks brought in a lot of fringe NHL, AHL guys so far at this point in their career. But, you know, we've seen what the Blackhawks have been able to do with, you know, 
Brandon Hagel, Sam Lafferty, two guys who, when they first stepped onto the NHL scene, weren't really considered to be premier players. And the Blackhawks were able to trade them for premier types of returns. So I'm sure they're trying to see if they can find another diamond in the rough type of situation with Anders Bjork, Joey Anderson, uh, Andreas Englund. We'll see how Nikita Zaitsev fares in his first bit of action with the Blackhawks. So uh, I think it is worth keeping an eye on some of the newcomers to see, you know, they're going to get an opportunity to play NHL hockey, play a lot of minutes. And if they take advantage of that opportunity, could be good for both their NHL careers and for the Blackhawks moving forward. They got plenty of open roster spots to give guys chances here in these final 20 games. And then on the back end, I think it's going to be really interesting Look, I think with Ian Mitchell being scratched right now, um, it's pretty telling that the Blackhawks don't think he's a part of their future. And I'm really interested to see what the Blackhawks are going to do on defense here in the offseason because now that they've moved Jake McCabe, uh, they only have three guys tied up long-term or past, I guess, the end of the season. And Seth Jones, Nikita Zaitsev and Connor Murphy. Those are the only three defensemen, NHL defensemen that the Blackhawks have under contract after the end of this season. So Ian Mitchell, he's going to be a restricted free agent. Caleb Jones is a restricted free agent. Jared Tenorti is a UFA. I, I just don't envision any way that he's coming back. Andreas Englund is also an unrestricted free agent. He's already what, 27 years old at this point, but who knows if he impresses, maybe the Blackhawks bring him back to give him another shot. But I think with, you know, a plethora of defensemen supposed to be coming through the next few years, we already got Alex Vlasic, who I think the Blackhawks would like to have at the NHL level next year. Same with Isaac Phillips. Feels like he's ready for a full-time NHL role. Um, Philip Ruse maybe could be a guy that's kind of gotten lost in the mix. Same with Alex Vlasic, Alec Regula. Um, and then obviously it's still probably it could be a year or two, but Kevin Korchinski, Ethan Del Mastro, Nolan Allen, uh, there's a lot of guys that are going to be trying to come up and prove themselves to be full-time NHLers. So with the Blackhawks only have, they only have three defensemen, as I mentioned, signed past the end of the season. Maybe they try to bring back one of those guys that I just mentioned. I'm curious though, who's it going to be? Is it going to be Caleb Jones? I think Ian Mitchell seems unlikely. And while Andreas England seems unlikely too, it's kind of dictated on how he performs in these final 20 games. So there is still stuff to be watching for, despite the Blackhawks trying to be losing here throughout the rest of the way. Uh, those are kind of my main storylines for all you fans to be watching throughout these final 20 games. All right, folks, coming up in just a moment, don't forget, still got to get into our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment, where I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on Locked On Blackhawks. But first, real quick, I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all of the fat and the calories? Well, then you got to try Built Bar because with Built, they make eating healthy taste good. What makes Built Bars taste so good? You may be asking to yourself right now. Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate and come in delicious flavors such as cinnamon churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, and many, many more. Plus, 
They only have 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein in every single bar. And right now, you can go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club to get your Built Bars. You used to have to buy them online and wait for them to get shipped. No, now you can go on down to Walmart or Sam's Club and pick up a four-pack of cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, chocolate, coconut. They're unbelievable flavors. Go and check them out, and you can thank me later. Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. All right, back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast for segment three. Still got to get into our weekly Mailbag Monday fan segment, where, of course, I answer a question from a couple of lucky listeners right here on Lockdown Blackhawks. And I know this is the first one I've done in a couple of weeks, probably like a month now, if I'm being honest. So I understand there wasn't a whole lot of questions sent my way. I only have three that I'm going to answer here on the show. Let's get those questions up. If you're still tuned in at this point of the episode, let me say thank you very much. I really appreciate it. I know you got a Blackhawks question that you want to ask me. Go ahead and do so. Shoot me an email, lockdownblackhawks at gmail.com. If you're following me on social medias, shoot me a DM, shoot me a tweet. Let me hear your questions. I'll answer them right here live on the show. Really appreciate, though, everyone who asked me a question this week. First one I'm going to get to, excuse me while I get a little drink of water, comes from Russell Stelter, who emailed in the podcast over the weekend and asked, why didn't Max Domi generate a better return considering we helped out Dallas by taking the goalie's cap off their books? Yeah, this one is actually something that I did mention on Friday's episode Getting one thing I said was I personally would have thought trading Max Domi straight up could have netted a second round pick in return. So yeah, taking on Anton Kudovin's $2.2 million AAV, while it is only through the rest of the season, maybe that's a reason why the Blackhawks didn't get more because, you know, they only got to take on that salary through the end of this season. It's not like it's a a multi-year deal like we're seeing with Peter Mrazek right now. And that's why the Blackhawks were able to get back into the first round of the 2022 NHL draft. But yeah, that, that did kind of leave me scratching my head a little bit, maybe because the Blackhawks didn't retain any salary. Uh, They did have the means to do so. They had room to retain one more salary, but maybe they wanted to save that for someone else like an Andreas Athanasiu, if that came or an Alex Stalock or or something. Ultimately nothing ever uh, got produced by the Blackhawks on deadline day, but yeah, that, that one, was a, a little interesting, but at the end of the day, I still would have been happy if you if you told me that the Blackhawks got a second for Max Domi um, at the beginning of the week or at the beginning of the season. I still think it was a su- successful move one way or the other. So can't really be too mad about it. I think it's kind of nitpicky at that point, but uh, a good return for Max Domi. Maybe not great, but still at the end of the day, a good return. Next question I'm going to answer comes from my boy Sam Knuth. By the way, Sam, congratulations on. Uh, Catching that home run ball, the Cubs spring training game. Cool to see on TV. And I hope you really did give it to the kid because if you said you did on social media and you really didn't, you're you're kind of a scumbag. But (laughs) Sam, just messing with you, buddy. Appreciate you asking the question. Appreciate you always interacting with me on Twitter. Sam asked, is Luke Richardson going to be the coach for the long run or just a filler for a few years? Honestly, buddy, I, I don't really know at this point. It's so hard to judge the job that Luke Richardson has done, considering the expectations for this Blackhawks team was as minimal as possible. Um, I think it's kind of to be determined at this point. The one thing I will say is from all accounts, everyone enjoys playing for him. Um, even before the Blackhawks named him as their next head coach, or even before he was behind the bench for any games, all we heard from Canadians fans where he was the assistant, just 
around the NHL, there was nothing bad said about Luke Richardson. What a good guy he is, a player's coach, understands being a veteran of 1,500 NHL games, what it's like to be a player, uh, has a very good relationship and understands that some guys need to be treated differently than others. So from all accounts, it sounds like Luke Richardson is a really good locker room guy and a really good leader behind closed doors and everything. But ultimately, he is going to have to prove that he can, you know, at some point, whether it's two years, three years down the road, uh, he's going to have to prove that he can get the job done with his players on the ice as well. But it's just tough to judge him when the Blackhawks don't have uh, an inept roster enough to kind of fairly critique him, I think. So I do expect Luke Richardson to be the, the coach throughout these rebuilding years. But the true test is going to be whenever the Blackhawks finally do have some expectations, how the team performs under his helm at that point. Till then, I don't think we really know, Sam. The last question that I'm going to be asking or answering, excuse me, came from Ben Minith on Instagram, who asked, grade the Blackhawks trade deadline. I give it a B. Um, I give it an A minus. I give it an A minus. Look, maybe I give it a B plus. No, I am going to give, I'm going to give Kyle Davidson an A minus because while the Patrick Kane trade certainly wasn't ideal by any, any means, he still did get a return that I think was better than a lot of, you know, beat writers and people who cover the trade deadline thought the Blackhawks were going to get considering they literally had no leverage. So, you know, like I said, there, there were some details with the Max Domi trade, particularly why, you know, maybe taking on Kudobin's AAV didn't get them more. And I had a, you know, a little small gripe about the picks coming back from Toronto being in the later years, not really adding to the 2023 NHL draft class other than the Patrick Kane deal. But all in all, I still think Kyle Davidson got really good returns for all of the players. And the way that I looked at it, I, every deal that I was hoping to get leading up to the deadline, the Blackhawks got it. A first for Jake McCabe. Well, maybe it's not the year we didn't want it. I, we got a first from McCabe. That's a win. Getting a second for Sam Lafferty absolutely has to be a win. Three draft picks for taking on Nikita Zaitsev. Uh, getting a conditional first round pick for Patrick Kane. Uh, Max Domi getting a second round pick. All I, I think were ideal returns if you ask me what I was hoping the Blackhawks would get for them leading up to the trade deadline. So, Ben, I'm going to give the Blackhawks and general manager Kyle Davidson an A- minus for his efforts at the 2023 trade deadline. All right, folks, I think that is going to wrap up Monday, March 6th episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thanks all. Thanks everyone again for making Lockdown Blackhawks your first listen today. Now make sure for your second listen to go and check out Game to Game NHL Western Conference. Every moment, every top performance, and every result. Lockdown Game to Game covers every game from across the NHL's Western Conference with local analysis that only Lockdown can deliver. So make sure to go and follow Game to Game on Lockdown NHL Western Conference, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you all for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can follow me on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, it's going to do it here for the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.